Hey podcast listeners, I'm Sean Olufield and welcome to Unlocked. Unlocked is where we speak to the minds and hearts for the whole family, encourage them to make sound decisions and build strong characters through thought-provoking conversations. This is my second episode and it's called The God Who Sees Me. And we are, walk- we are going to go into the scripture and we're going to look at Genesis 16 and 21. And it's about navigating a season of hiddenness, promise, and manifestation. A word of multiplication from the Lord does not always immediately activate. And so I'm speaking to those who've been waiting for His word to manifest. And I'm looking at the manifestation uh, of this word in both Sarah and Hagar. And as I'm looking at this word, I'm realizing there's a lot going on in Abraham's household. Uh, As we know, Sarah uh, means princess. Hagar is um, a princess, Egyptian princess, given to Sarah as a handmaiden. And so we have, um, that's the background story, basically. Uh, Sarah being Abraham's uh, first wife. She is a woman of beauty. And um, every time he goes into a new place or a new country or a new, you know, wherever, the, and the kings are totally in love with Sarah, and Abram's too scared to say anything, so he says, this is my sister, which lands the kings always in trouble. And so um, her beauty is renowned within the region. Anyway, so what we find is, is that um, as we'll find Abraham's story unfolding from Genesis 11, verse 27, and then there is a reaffirming uh, of God and the promises that Abraham is given. And the covenants, uh, the covenants that is promised, the promise of descendants, the promise of blessing, redemption, and the promise of land. Those are the covenants and the promises that God is, is unfolding and revealing and reaffirming all the time to Abraham. And one has to wonder that Sarah, uh, whether she overheard God speaking directly to Abraham, or it was pillar talk, or talk around the family table, but she knew that this is a word uh, that Abraham has received. She had probably seen uh, although it's not scripturally said, but the covenant that Abraham, um, you know, walking through the 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 covenants that God had put through him, which is the dividing of the the animals in two, and the pillar of fire that walks through there as Abraham walked, that's a covenant, and then of course the circumcision is a covenant um, that uh, Abraham and his household had to do which Ishmael was part of as well. So Ishmael is a male heir that is part of God's covenant, which is interesting. And so if you look at, if you just look at that, we understand that God reaffirms his covenant so many times. And um, it is interesting to just to note that. So in this place where Sarah has overheard, has heard through Abraham or through the servants or through whoever that there are multiple promises to Abraham of the father of multiple nations. 
this word of multiplication is interesting because it actually multiplies Abram's household. He himself is a multiplier of God's word. But Sarah's womb has not given Abram an heir in this time. So Sarah decides, let's fix this. And she gives her handmaiden uh, to Abraham. Because prophetically, Sarah is in a place of waiting, a place of hiddenness, and a place of delay. But in this place, she does not know it yet, but in this place, her soul has had deferred hope. And her soul begins to partner with a mocking spirit. And so, uh, Dr. Paula Price puts it so aptly, your soul needs to understand the situation you're in and it needs to mend itself or contend with the discomfort of your life prospects. So it will partner with what you feed it. And Sarah is feeding her soul with hope deferred. She's grown hopeless in the promises by God to Abraham. And so as we see in the season of hiddenness, we see incredible manifestation of uh, resources of animals of adding onto uh, Abraham's household, but his first wife Sarah, she cannot partner with joy. She's partnering with a mockering spirit. She's partnering with something else instead of partnering with God's promise, because her soul is has taken control of the situation. And how many times have I looked in my own life that my soul takes part or takes takes control in 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 the promises that God has given me and it it throttles it throttles the promises it throttles the life it throttles uh, everything that God wants to bring forth and it wants to take the control of the situation because it needs to understand it needs to uh, it needs to feed on something, make sense of my situation. And so it is so easy to go down to the place of, I don't believe you. I don't believe this word is for me anymore. I don't believe that is an accurate. And we make judgments on the words we receive. We make judgments on the people who give us the words. Uh, and uh, rightly so, we judge prophetic words. But we most often judge people when the word has not come to pass in the timing that we understand it should. And so we, we're in that place and we partner with a critical spirit. We partner with a mocking spirit. We partner with a judgmental spirit. And that is not what God wants us to do. He's asking us that in your season of hiddenness to feed your soul and to stand on his promises, to continue to praise and worship him, to continue to trust him, to continue to be faithful in the, the season of hiddenness. And so as we see this, that as Hagar uh, is now pregnant, uh, the despisements of Sarah um, has caused Hagar to run into the wilderness. And that's it's interesting. You know, we can despise other people's manifestations. And it's at critical places. We can see people begin to come out of a situation and they, uh, they begin to manifest the promises of God and we can despise them. And it's interesting that they use this word despise in the Hebrew because 
um, although it's it's translated well in English, it's a bit flat again. And if we dig around, we'll actually see if you can actually one can interpret the despisement in such in in this way that she was um, she was she was a despising spirit that brings her soul brings Hagar's soul powerless to resist Sarah, and so actually despising spirit it's almost a curse. Right, it's a curse in the ancient Middle East that has that that is an understanding that you are powerless to resist uh, the people, the person, the place, whatever. Powerless to resist, and that is the curse that that you are begin to make statements over somebody and when their manifestation and can cause them to go into a place of failure on the edge of success. And so you've got a warfare over the promises. You've got a warfare as the promises are manifesting. You do warfare as Paul speaks to Timothy, that you do warfare over the promises, the prophetic words you have received. Because there are people who don't understand where you're at, the manifestation that you're going through. And there is going to be warfare over that. And so as, as believers, what statements are we making in the Spirit for people who are manifesting? What statement are we making in the Spirit that would land stuff in the natural for them to be obstacles or land things in the natural for them to be step, stepping stones for success, for faithfulness, for blessing? And so we've got to question ourselves in this place of hiddenness. And so... As we all know, um, well, the, the lovely saying of how long is a piece of string? Nobody knows when your manifestation is about to break. But God knows and God is watching faithfulness. And when I come to see something interesting that happens uh, in Hagar's life. So in Genesis sixteen eleven, we see the manifestation come through. Uh, for for Hagar and she is she has Ishmael that is in her belly. She does not know that yet. So she runs into the wilderness because of um, Sarah, who has caused a, a despising spirit, a curse, to land on Hagar that she's powerless to resist. And Hagar has been given to Abram as a wife. Now, whether he got a marriage certificate or not, I don't know. But the scripture says as a wife. So she gave a handmaiden. As a wife. And now Sarah is upset because she's partnering with the spirit of uh, um, of mockery. And she's a despising spirit against Hagar. And she's cursed Hagar and Hagar flees. And so even if we take a moment here uh, in ourselves, we've, we've heard people who are in the place of manifestation. We've heard people with our words or actions. Uh, because we ourselves are in a place of, of hiddenness and we want manifestation. And we despised what has happened uh, in other people's lives when they're manifesting. And when I say manifestation, I mean the manifestation of God's promises. And so she then encounters an angel. And Hagar, that is Hagar now, encountering an angel. And as she encounters the angel, um, 
The angel says, Behold, you are pregnant, and you shall bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. And it's interesting that Hagar is a, a princess, and Ishmael later on gets prophesied that he will be the father of 12 royal prince, princes. Uh, and the rabbis and other uh, experts in Old Testament theology believes that those are the Arabic nations that Ishmael started. And it's in interesting that Ishmael is already uh, in the house of Abraham, the man of faith. But it's interesting to see the multiplication, the word of multiplication of you, the father of nations, that although Isaac is the promise for the nation of Israel, the nation, the, the multiplication word over, over Abraham comes on to, to Hagar, comes on to Ishmael, comes on to the other seven uh, sons that, he, that, that is born in or born unto Abraham. And this word of multiplication it's interesting because it's not a word of multiplication of instant activa activation. It's a word of multiplication that we have to work the revelation. We've got to work it. It doesn't just multiply overnight. It's not like uh, manna. It multiplies every day and you've got manna and, and that's it. it. It comes for it's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, then the twelve and then the 12 sons. There is a progression of multiplication. And so when we're working with the promises of God and the manifestation of God, there's a progression of multiplication. And we've got to go back to the place of faithfulness, to faithfully work the word he originally spoke to you. And when we began to, read, to work that word, we come back, so we work that word of, of manifestation, we work that word of promise, we work that word and we see glimmers of manif uh, multiplication, we see glimmers of the word beginning to activate. Uh, and then it's just interesting, we come to this place, we come to encounter Yahweh and our God. And here's Hagar, and she's at this well, this is Genesis 16. She's at this well called Belacha Roi, the well of the living one who sees me. Or it also says, the writing for a life of vision. And so God is the God not just who sees Hagar's affliction or her complaints, but it's Hagar who's at the well and God sees her past her present, and he sees the future word of multiplication in her womb, the multiplication in Ishmael, on the future that is about to unfold for Ishmael. That is the God who sees her. That is the God who sees me today. He sees me in the past, the present, and the future. And he sees that is to be unfolded yet, because he is the God who sees me. Al-Rohi. All right, the God who sees me, the God who sees the promises yet to come, the promises yet to unfold. That is the God that she meets at the well. And we got to go back to the place where we are drinking from this well.
to feed ourselves, to begin to bring ourselves, our soul, our spirit, our body back into the place we are, where God, we, we know God has spoken, God has seen us, and the unfulfilled promises that we are not going to let go of. We are drinking from that well today. We are drinking from God's provision today. We are drinking from the well to bring us, uh, uh, us into, into sustaining a faithfulness in our walk to God today. And so, again, we see um, that once uh, Ishmael has grown, he's 13 years old, Sarah conceives, Isaac comes along. She's not happy with Ishmael in the house. And so she sends, so Abraham, God speaks to Abraham, and Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael on their way. Ishmael being circumcised, he's covenanted with Abraham, he's out in from a house of faith. This is so important. This, it's, it's very important later on. Um, and so as, we, as she again runs into the wilderness, uh, she, it says the scripture in 20, uh, Genesis 21, it says that she again is undone. And again she has been uh, thrown out. She's been disregarded because the manifestation that Ishmael is carrying is contending with Isaac's manifestation. And so he sent out. Now, the purpose of God is that he sent out so that he's able to be exactly the word of the Lord, that he'll be a wild donkey and his hand, uh, that his hand will be against every man. And so there's a prophetic word that God speaks over, to, uh, over Ishmael's life. But it's interesting just to pause here. Ishmael means this, the God who hears and responds. And so, again, um, Hagar is in the desert or in the wilderness. And she puts, Hagar, she puts Ishmael under a bush. And they only have bread and water. All their resources have dried up. And she goes a bow shot away from Ishmael and she sits and she sits down she begins to wail and God speaks to her audibly out of heaven and he says I have heard Ishmael's uh, I've heard his lament I've heard his words now Ishmael's already like 13 14 years old so he's not like a baby and as a mother, she's expecting Ishmael to eventually succumb to uh, hunger and to thirst and to die slowly. But God comes and he rescues Hagar. He reminds her of the word of multiplication. But he says this, I heard Ishmael. I've heard this, the name of your son is God who hears and responds. And the God of heaven is responding because he's heard Ishmael. And I'm responding to your situation. I'm responding right now in the, in the immediacy that you need me. I'm responding to you. And the scales fall off her eyes and she sees a well in the wilderness of Beersheba. It's the same well. It's a well of covenant and the well of seven. Some people say it's the well of seven spirits. And so it's the well that Abraham and Amalek 
and they make a covenant with each other. And she goes and she takes uh, water and she uh, draws water from the well and she goes and gives the water to uh, Ishmael and he's revived. And I'm saying today, can we go back to the word, to the words that God has spoken to us, that we know that we know in our knower that those are the words he's spoken and that we can come draw into that well of covenant, the well of the God of covenant, the well of the God of the seven spirits. We draw from that well today in our place of hiddenness, in our place of manifestation, in a place where we know it's a promise, but we need to feed the word of the promise from the well of covenant, from the well of the seven spirits. And so I'm, 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 I'm encouraging you today, as I'm encouraging myself today, we go back into uh, the words God has spoken to us through scripture, through prophetic words, um, that, um, that he is the God who sees the prophetic destiny that is thought yet to unfold. He sees me in my present moment and my present need. So he's not just seeing my affliction, but he's seeing that which is yet still to come. And I need to draw from that well of covenant. I need to draw from the well of the living well of the one who sees me. The one where I'm able to write for a life of vision. And it's time to take, to draw from that well of a life of vision to write down again the promises of God and to do warfare and to take them up and begin to see that multiplication uh, and work with that words again. And you'll begin to see God begin to multiply uh, the words that he's spoken, begin to multiply. And that we would be faithful, even if we receive the multiplications only one times one, or one times two, or one times three. But begin to faithfully work those, those, that word and see the multiplication that we faithfully draw from the wall of covenants. Bless you listeners, and thank you for listening.